0: does alex ovechkin think the season went off the rails straight ahead on locked on Capitals. your locked on capitals your daily podcast on the washington capitals part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So in this edition of LockedOn Capitals, I will continue to go through the Breakdown Day comments from different players, most notably Alex Ovechkin, Where does he think the season went off the rails? What was behind all of it? I'll also talk about Nick Backstrom and what his future is on the Capitals. I'll talk about Kuznetsov, Oshie, and Anthony Mantha. It will be an action-packed show, that is for sure. So, we ultimately know that the season did not go in the direction that we thought it should go. We thought that the Capitals should make it to the playoffs and not even just the playoffs. Oh, no, the fan base is not satisfied with just making it to the first round. We've always heard we want to make it to the next round of the playoffs. Well, surprise, surprise, the Caps did not even make it to the playoffs, period. And uh, there's some interesting thoughts going on around uh, the different players on the roster. Where do they think? That, uh, the, you know, the season kind of just went off the rails. And I think a great spot to start here would be with the captain, Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin said he believes the season took a turn for the worse when John Carlson got hurt on December 23rd. Although the number one defenseman returned three months later, the damage had been done in the captain's eyes. And I do believe that. Uh, you can't just plug and play. The number one defenseman in your organization with another person, you can do it to a certain level of success, and the Caps did do that. I mean, you think about, you know back to Gustafson and how he stepped in and ate up a lot of minutes and was scoring all kinds of goals. So, I mean, either it's not like it was a total drop off, but it was not the same. You also saw production from Trevor Van Riemsdyk and that kind of thing. But I agree with Ovi's assessment here that this season really took a turn once John Carlson took that puck right off the face. And uh, the season did take a turn. As we remember, the month of December, the Capitals lit it up. If they could only, you know, just parlayed that through the rest of the season, I think we would be talking about who the Capitals would be playing uh, in the playoffs right now. The Carly injury was painful, he said. When when your best D is out for the long term, it sucks. Everything has changed. Power play, penalty kill, because he plays the most minutes in the game. The system was kind of changing as well. And, um, you know, the big thing, the interesting thing that I think I will look back on for years ahead, if someone's going to ask me about this season, um, what, you know, just to summarize what went right and what went wrong, The thing that is most interesting for me is how, you know, the Capitals were without Tom Wilson and John Carlson and um, Nick Backstrom for a good chunk of the season. Most notably, Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom, you know, Tom Wilson had that knee injury and Nick Backstrom had the hip resurfacing procedure done and uh, the Capitals struggled. And then the month of December came and they killed it. You know, the Capitals were on fire. That was minus Wilson and Backstrom, mind you. And then the month later, we get Wilson and Backstrom back and this team all of a sudden starts to backslide and the wheel is just really starting to wobble and then it falls off. And here we are talking about the postseason and what the Capitals are going to do. So... I think it's a safe assessment to say the Caps would be in a lot better position if John Carlson was in the lineup, but I would also widen the lens a little bit more and say they would be a lot better if Wilson and Backstrom were in there. Uh, Wilson in particular, I, I just know that I, I've noticed a drop-off with Backstrom and we'll talk about him a little bit later, but uh, I think that even Wilson alone uh, could have made a major difference on this team and that was that's from your captain. That is from Alex Ovechkin and his assessment. Uh, the next player... That I'm going to talk about here is Evgeny Kuznetsov, and he is quite the character, shall we say, on the Capitals. As he said that he wants out of the Capitals organization, he requested a trade, at least according to Russian media. He he totally denies any reports of that, even though it's been said that he has this isn't the first time he has requested trades out of Washington For quite some time. So um, it is an interesting thing. And, um, you know, the Caps are in an interesting position, as we know. They got rid of two of their assistants. Uh, Blaine Forsythe is no longer here, so we can't blame a lot of the problems on him. Uh, We also know that Peter Laviolette, you know, the head coach of the team, is no longer here. So, Are they, in fact, going to try to keep Evgeny Kuznetsov now, depending on who the next head coach is? Maybe it's a head coach that can take that orange and squeeze a little bit more juice out of Evgeny Evgeny Kuznetsov. Or Anthony Mantha, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Or should they just give him what he wants and get him out of this team and have him play on another team in the NHL? I would be a little bit slow to do that unless I know what is behind door number two. If I know that, you know, they can move Kuznetsov out of town and they get someone that's an upgrade, I'm all about it. But if you know it's if it's like a similar to like a Philip Forsberg thing, yes, I still hate talking about it to this day then I'm against it because we know what happened. Philip Forsberg went on to the Predators and has killed it there. I do not want to see Kuznetsov go off to another team in the NHL and light it up and be doing the bird on another team, right? That That's not what I want to see because you know he would do that every time he came to Capital One Arena. He would be doing the bird every time he scored a goal. I don't need that rubbed in my face, and you guys don't need that rubbed in your face either. So um, it is going to be interesting to see who the next head coach is. Is it going to be someone like Spencer Carberry? Would be interesting. Uh, he has quite a track record, uh, you know, with what he did with the Bears, what he did, and what he's done up in Toronto. It is a potential out there. So the next guy out there that is TJ Oshi. Uh, TJ Oshi is uh, is quite a guy, and I was very impressed uh, with his videos and what he talks about. A true leader on this team. Make no mistake about it. Um, he is one of the players that I said is not one of the untouchables, but. Um, I I do, I do respect everything about TJ Oshie just seeing him play live. He's involved in it. I mean, if there's a scoring opportunity, he's involved in it. If there's a great play being made, he's involved in it. Um, he is ultra competitive. And one of the things that he said in breakdown day is I'm competitive, no matter what I'm doing. If I'm playing football with one of my relatives on the day off, I'm competitive. If I'm wrestling, I'm competitive. And then he looked at the beat reporters. He's like, what, you guys don't wrestle anymore. It was a funny moment. And if you didn't see it take a look uh, at NHL.com, a really funny moment there. Um, so that is just intrinsically uh, who TJ Oshie is. He is a competitor. And that is what I love about Oshi. Can he return to his former glory and, um, and play on a more consistent basis. And I, I don't have a whole lot of knocks on his game, but one of the most interesting things of all of the breakdown, uh, you know, interviews there was TJ Oshi saying next year, I hope I don't have to play as big of a physical role. He felt like he had to play a bigger physical game because there was a lack of of a physical game on the Capitals. Tom Wilson missed a lion's share of the season. The physicality came from who? Garnet Hathaway? There was times, especially against that first game against the Senators, where he was trying to take on two guys at once and no one was helping him out. There was no tough guy. And I know a lot of people say that tough guys and fighters don't have a spot in the NHL anymore. Complete nonsense. Um, they're, you know, they can change the tide. They can be momentum changers. I don't agree with that assessment. Um, So I do think that, you know, if Tom Wilson is back all next season and if they can get another guy that brings a little bit more physicality, I know that they ultimately wanted that out of uh, Anthony Mantha because he's got this big bulking frame, uh, but that is not who he is as a player. So I don't think they're going to get that from him. Beck Malenstein is an intriguing name. Could he be the guy that brings that physicality so T.J. Oshie can lay back a little bit? Uh, We want him to be just that skilled playmaker. uh, T.J. Oshie was sidelined three times this season due to a wonky back, had a minor procedure on his back last Friday to alleviate the discomfort. The 36-year-old winger said he's optimistic that he'll now be able to have a normal summer of training in the first time in years. Double ablation, it's called Oshie. She said of the procedure, I already feel light years different than I did yesterday morning. So that's good news for the moving forward. My training regimen is going to be a lot different this year, a lot more focused on core strength and conditioning for next season. He continued, typically my training can't really begin until August and then by then I'm playing catch up. So it's a big opportunity for me to come back and work a little bit more than I did four or five years ago and have a full season without my back setting me back. And he said at times that it felt like razor blades um, so I would like to see personally what a T.J. Oshi plays like when he's 100%. Oshi spoke about how he feels, how he feels like the Caps let the Caps fans down, especially in regards to how much tickets cost. Oshi had a back procedure, like I talked about. He said his diet prevents him from having a 12-pack. It got a bit comical at points out there where he was talking about his fitness, and he said, not anymore. I, you know, just based on my diet, I can't have a 12-pack. Uh, apparently, at one time, he had, uh, you know, quite An amazing physique, according you know. Just listening to the beat writers, I guess I'm not privy to that information. He's looking forward to spending more time in Minnesota with his family. Said about Lavi that he feels like he had a tough break as far as injuries are concerned. Says he he has faith in Mac. The pressure to impress the new coach. Um, My feeling is that Oshi played bigger because the lineup was missing physicality, like I talked about. Um, These are just some of my notes uh, from the breakdown day, but. Interesting that he feels the the need to impress the coach. You know, by the point you know you're in the NHL, you've played with a lot of different systems. You've played with a lot of different coaches throughout the ranks in your hockey career. I don't think it's going to be too hard for a guy like TJ Oshi to play like how the new coach wants them to play. But I am most looking forward to TJ Oshie next year when he's 100% playing with, a, you know, potentially a much better coach and, you know, help this Caps team make a really strong push uh, for the playoffs. I do think that this core ultimately has what it takes Uh, But they're going to have to prove it to a lot of different people that they, in fact, do have it uh, because it's going to be a little bit tough going forward. A little bit of learning curve, you know, with the new systems, any new players that are brought in or subtracted. It is going to be most entertaining. That is for sure. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the breakdown interviews with Backstrom and Mantha and what other movement we can anticipate this summer. We'll talk about that straight ahead. That's frustrating for me is trying to find tickets. That is why you need game time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy. The fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped. For the fun that you'll have. What are some of the things about game time, app experience, flash deals, and last-minute tickets? Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Uh, and then images of the seats so you can actually visualize what they look like. The lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. Game Time is the first place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKED ON NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. I got some big shows coming up for you guys. I have Roman Stubbs coming up uh, later in the week, but tomorrow I'm excited to have The Voice of your South Carolina Stingrays, Cody Lefkowitz. So it's going to be exciting to talk to him about the Stingrays and their push for the Kelly Cup. Who are some of the outstanding players on the Stingrays that might be up for a bigger opportunity next year, their goaltending situation, and how did they land in the Kelly Cup playoffs in the first place? So make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be in the know I'm covering it all. I'm covering caps, bears and stingrays. You need locked-on caps. All right in this next segment, we are going to talk a little bit more about the breakdown videos and interviews that I saw. And one of the the interesting ones for me and you know, <clears throat> I posted this on Twitter is Anthony Mantha and I just really you know, felt for him, you know, for, after watching the video that uh, he felt very, you know, bad about the season that he had this last season and it's hard on your morale, it's hard for your ego, uh, to be a healthy scratch all the time, uh, So, Mantha, who scored 11 goals in 67 games and was scratched a handful of games, uh, Sam McClellan said, he had periods where I thought he found his game and was competing hard, and then in the end, I don't think he was as confident playing at his highest level. Mantha uh, Mantha said, he took it upon himself to begin seeing a mental coach after the first time he was scratched. It's been helping, he said. Obviously, there's a long ways to go, but at least I know where I'm heading and where my head's going to be at next year, added Mantha. The Next year is going to be a big year for me personally. I want to stick around in this league for a long time, and I want to work very hard to prove that I'm still good and capable of hanging around. That's an interesting assessment, and that's an interesting thing to say. I think that he knows that potentially this could be the last season that he played in Washington uh, I think that he would like another opportunity, but I think that he understands that he didn't live up to expectation. And if you don't live up to expectation, sometimes that means you get moved out. I think what Anthony Mantha wants more than anything is at least a job somewhere in the NHL. He, he doesn't hold, I think he's hoping that he didn't squander an opportunity and that he's going to be playing down in the AHL or maybe out of the NHL altogether. Um, I don't think that's the case. I still think Anthony Mantha has something left to his game I just think that uh he needs to reinvigorate himself. And if he can't find it on the Capitals, then I wish him luck on his next team. And I, I you know, ultimately I hope the best for him, of course. You know, as being a humanitarian, I don't wish, you know, I hope you have a miserable time. It's not the kind of person I am. I like Anthony Mantha. I just, you know, a part of me feels bad for him. You know, maybe you could think of a situation Mitt, where maybe, you know, you didn't live up to your potential and you were frustrated about it. Kind of see the human element of it a little bit. And I understand that this is a business at the end of the day, and it's about selling tickets and winning games. Um, but, I, you know, I at the end of the day, that's what I'm hoping for. And there is more importance placed on mental health than there's ever been, and as there should be. And kudos goes out to him for understanding that I'm in a situation where I'm over my head and I need help. And he went out and sought a mental coach, and that takes a lot of uh, courage. And you know, I, I respect him, and that's a very uh, mature approach for him to say, you know, I'm dealing with some stuff here that's a little bit too hard for me to deal with mentally. And I know that. Oftentimes, as a tough guy, you're like, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna swallow it down, or I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep it all inside." That can be very disastrous for a person mentally, you know. And I think a lot of times, as tough guys in particular, and guys in the NHL, it's, it's very macho, and you got to just swallow down all that stuff. I give that guy a lot of credit for going out and saying, "Guess what, guys? I need help. I'm in over my head. I know I'm not living up to your potential." But then, when you are in a game and you continue to not play well. And have people booing, having people in the press, you know, I'm guilty of maybe saying some disparaging things about him myself, but if you're maybe not a person that, you know, maybe has the thickest skin out there, and I'm not saying that disparagingly, people are all different, we have different feelings, right, that it can be too tough on him. So, you know, I don't want to go off into the weeds on here, but I'm just saying I respect the guy a lot as a person for saying I've had too much mentally. I'm at my limit. I need a mental coach to help focus me so I can concentrate on my game of playing hockey. So I'm not worried about, you know, uh, overplaying things or maybe I'm not shooting the puck the right way. And then I think it's your head. It's like if you've ever been fishing and the, the line gets all caught up in the reel and you know, you're just panicking, trying to pull it out. I think that's what happens to him. A lot of times is he's flailing and he's like, I want to play well. I want my opportunity But, you know, I'm thinking about it too much. I'm caught up in my own head. So that's my big moment uh, standing on a soapbox here is saying if you need mental help, especially like him, we should never, ever say anything bad about someone because they feel like they've had too much mentally. And we need to kind of push that out of society as guys. And I don't want to speak as a woman because I'm not a woman. I'm a guy. So I know what it's like that if you're having too much that you can go out and seek help and you shouldn't have people saying anything Uh, disparaging about you just because you needed some help. So uh, hats off goes to him. I do wish the best for his career. That is for sure. Uh, Whether it's with the Capitals or whether it's outside a different organization, I'm just really pulling for him. And I hope that he gets uh, the opportunity that he's looking for. All right. So after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about Uh, The future of some different players. It's most notably Nick Backstrom and his future with the Capitals. Could that be in question? We'll also hear from Connor Brown and Nick Dowd about their thoughts on the Caps and what direction this team is heading. We'll talk about that straight ahead. Right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So one of the interesting players out there for me is Nick Backstrom, uh, who had the hip resurfacing procedure done, and he said, "Listen, guys, I, I I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't I couldn't tie my shoes. I couldn't play my kid play with my kids. I'm worried about." my life outside of the hockey rink because i'm going to live a good chunk of my life not playing hockey and even in the off season i have to play with my kids or i want to play with my kids and tie my shoes and just live a normal life so he went and got a hip resurfacing procedure and Brian McClellan had his reservations about it, saying that, you know, we've never seen any long-term results from this. There's been anecdotal evidence, um, you know, like the guy from the Swedish Elite League, I guess, who had a double a double hip resurfacing procedure done and came back and played. Um, and and we also heard that Carl Hagelin also, he got a hip resurfacing procedure done. So I think there has been many advancements in the procedure, but Brian McClellan does have some reservations about Nick Backstrom in the future. Um, I know that we love holding on to this nucleus and I know we hold onto it and have warm, fuzzy feelings of Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom and winning the Stanley Cup and hoisting it over their head. Things are changing. People are getting older. You need to adapt to the change on this team. Um, and you're starting to see that on a lot of different, I mean, take a look at the Penguins, Gensel and Malkin and Crosby. Again, they're another one that hit the wall. And guess what? Head coaching changes, or not head coach, but GM changes and president changes and all this kind of stuff. So you need to embrace change or it's just going to run you over. And the younger teams that are getting younger are going to get faster. and They're just going to run you over like what we saw this past season. But Nick Backstrom, what were his, some of his thoughts? Nick Backstrom said he is hopeful that a full summer of training will help him regain the step he lost After undergoing a hip resurfacing procedure this last summer, I'm optimistic that I'll get some strength back in my leg, he said. McClellan, though, took a sobering stance on the longtime alternate captain going forward, Marginally, yes, he said, asked if he thought Backstrom showed signs of improvement in the final weeks of the season. It's a tough thing to go through. We don't have the experience observing players that have done that. I don't know what can happen in the offseason to make it significantly better. McClellan said at some point in the coming months, it's possible that Backstrom will have to make a decision on his career. Wow, that, that is quite A bold statement from Brian McClellan. He's not really a guy that holds back his feelings. And he's basically saying he's got a decision to make. We'll see how he is in the fall. There is a pretty good possibility. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, 50-50, maybe more, that Nick Backstrom is done with the Capitals just based on those comments. He is really going to have to impress in the fall. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, we're not going to hold on to Nick Backstrom because of Nick Backstrom's sake. And I know that he is a beloved player in in uh, D.C. and I hear all the comments on Twitter that, you know, well, there's no way that you're going to break up Backstrom and Ovi. Well, do you think that Ovi wants to win a couple more cups? You know, how much uh, are we willing to hold on to this band forever? You know, we can't let go of any of these guys, you know, until, until Alex Ovechkin retires. So what are we going to nosedive until he retires and then rebuild? That doesn't seem like the right idea. I think that, you know, I think that Alex Ovechkin is intelligent enough. I know he is that if this team is not going in the right direction, he wants to win more cups and he wants to pass Wayne Gretzky and he's not going to be able to do that with subpar players out on the ice. It would be a tough decision for him, of course. Um, but, um, You know, uh, again, one of the things that Mac did say is that he bounces ideas off Ovi, of course, because you don't want to, you know, you know, upset him and say he wants out of D.C. I get all that. Um, It would be a tightrope to walk. Don't get me wrong. Walking on eggshells. All those kind of cliche things you want to say. However, um, if Nick Backstrom's not playing up to full potential, what do you do? Do you just keep him in the lineup until Ovi retires because that's the right thing to do? It doesn't seem like the right thing for me. I mean, we know Alex Ovechkin has what, I want to say, three years left on his deal. Are we going to just, is this team going to be horrible for three years you know, uh, you know, talking about making it the playoffs, there was such high hopes before all this season. And now it just seems like there is so much uncertainty. It is going to be tough. That is for sure. So talking about another one of the players, uh, Nick Dowd here, Dowd said missing the playoffs doesn't feel normal. Interesting that Dowd didn't have much to say about Lavi other than to say that he was thankful for what he did to help him. Most of the players kind of went on at length speaking glowingly of Peter Laviolette and how great he was. He didn't really go on at length. He's a kind of Nick Dowd. Nick Dowd is a tough guy to read when you watch him. A lot of these guys, you can kind of sense their, you know, gauge their sincerity. When I watched Nick Dowd, I had a hard time reading him, probably because I haven't seen a lot of interviews with him, but. Anyway, that's just my assessment. He said that Lavi had a few comments before his departure. He said he's got some stuff that needs to get done in the offseason. He wouldn't talk about what needed to get done. He said that if they were in the playoffs, he could have potentially been able to play. He said that he thinks they should have been able to make a push for the playoffs next year. Said it's each player's responsibility to play better, and that was the common sentiment around the entire locker room and breakdown day is accountability. Tom Wilson alluded to it, that not everyone was playing 100%. Of course, they're mature and they don't go out and name names, but we know who we're talking about here. Uh, The responsibility to play better. He's a hard guy to read, like I said. No plans to watch postseason hockey, he said. Wishes Hathaway well, said. Hagelin is a good player in the whole situation is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Carl Hagelin, um, uh, his patience, you know, that's the one thing in his great attitude. He's a guy that said he lives in the moment, but how is this important to Nick Dowd? Is that We know that Hagelin played on the fourth line with him. And that was a dynamic line when it was Hathaway, Dowd, and, um, And um, uh, it was Hagelin, Dowd, and Hathaway out there, a very dynamic line out there. Um, And they had, you know, mixed results after that. Of course, we know that whole line was broke up anyway, because Hathaway is out playing in Boston right now. So, Anyway, moving forward, you might see Beck Malenstein inserted on that fourth line uh, next year. That would be something uh, that I would look for, for sure. So the last player that I'm going to touch on in this episode is Darcy Kemper. Uh, Darcy Kemper, you know, showed his frustration. Um, He was one of the guys that said it louder than anyone that he feels like he let the fans down. The Capitals team let the fans down. And how he wants to prove there is a feeling of determination in the locker room that they want to prove to the fans, the season ticket holders, the you know the sold out the people that have made uh, Capital One Arena a sold out venue for the longest time. Um, they want to endear themselves to the fan base again, so we can talk about how Capital One is sold out night in and night out, just like it has been pretty much since Alex Ovechkin broke on the scene in D.C. Um, And, you know, it's a tough thing because I think that they feel bad about it. They saw the empty seats towards the end of the season. That was unheard of years ago within the last, I don't know, I would say, what, five to 10 years? You never saw empty seats around Capital One Arena. So it had to be a sobering moment. That is for sure. Kemper said he's disappointed the Caps didn't win more, wasn't playing 100%, wants to come back in July and prepare for next season, feel the team struggles with consistency, believe they showed at times how could they how good they could be. There's a real feeling that this team has something to prove next season. A common theme in the interviews was injury and constant line changes and D pairings And they feel like that they let Lavi down that you know maybe they're responsible. They are responsible for him get being you know out of DC. Kemper really likes Charlie Lindgren and how they get along. Kemper said he suffered a concussion from Tyler Toffoli slash. He said the cap should be a lot better next season with everybody healthy. He wants to work on speed and strength. That was one of the things that they kind of pressed him on. He didn't really, you know, off the top of his head, you know, usually these people are like, I want to work on this and that and this and that. He's like, well, I don't have a whole lot I want to work on. I want to work on speed and strength because ultimately I think Darcy Kemper was pretty dialed in, um, you know, and Chucky Sideburns, Charlie Lingard, he stepped in and did a great job in the month of December. I'm all overall, I'm pretty happy with the tandem uh, that the Capitals have going forward. I am, um, how shall I say? Cautiously optimistic about next season. A lot will hinge on who the next head coach and the next two assistants with McCarthy. Out And with Blaine Forsythe out and with Peter Laviolette out of the equation, if it's someone like a Spencer Carberry or, or a Halpern here, that is going to boost my confidence in this team. Um, but also some key additions. I do think they need that power scoring forward out there. I think they need a stout defenseman, maybe two defensemen, kind of like the Orpik Niskanen deal that was we remember from years ago then I will feel positive. But I'm kind of wrapping up these uh, exit interviews here in what the Capitals players thought uh, about this season. Interesting thing, overarching theme, is they feel like they let the Caps fans down, determination to prove themselves next year. And uh, to prove to themselves that they can do it, you know, I think that there's probably some negativity uh, associated with that. And they just kind of want to, to you know, brush it off. And the, the interesting thing is none of the players really said that they plan on parking it on the couch and watching all the postseason hockey. Uh, it's just a, a kind of funny thing to, to listen to all the players. All right. So once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And are you an everydayer? Do you listen to Locked On Capitals five days a week? I want to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps and say, hey, Dan, I'm an everydayer. I'll give you a shout out on the show if that's what you would like. So message me on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps and say, hey, Dan, I'm an everydayer. And also a thing I'm going to start doing on Friday's show in the final segment is I'm going to acknowledge The new subscribers on YouTube. I really want to give a moment of thanks for all of you guys that have followed here recently. We've seen a good upsurge in followers on on, on YouTube, and I really thank it. And it's not as easy for me to track, but if you are a new listener on the audio podcast, the myriad of different audio podcasts, you know where you are, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Message me on Twitter as well at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps and say, hey, Dan, I'm a new listener and I just wanted to let you know I'm going to give you a shout out on Friday's show and it'll be fun just to give you guys some recognition because it's because of you that we all do this show. And I'm ever so grateful for everyone that listens to this show five days a week or watches it on YouTube It just makes it all worthwhile. All right, so once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. Tomorrow, the voice of the South Carolina Stingrays will be on as we talk about the Stingrays push for the Kelly Cup. It'll be a good one. Don't miss it. Subscribe today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?